Hey, everybody. Episode 9-0. Sorry about last night. I lost power. A transformer blew in my neighborhood and everything went kaput. So unfortunately, I was not able to bring you episode 90, but I'm, I'm able to bring that to you tonight. And that's good because a couple of messages came through that really rounded out the show. And I'm glad I waited. Tonight's show is about trolls, but not the trolls that you think of. It seems like everybody who asks a question is considered a troll. Uh, I just had a good conversation. Well, not a good conversation with Mike West, who's a good friend of mine on Facebook. And we disagree often and insult each other and everything back. And I'm sure he hates my guts. But ultimately, I call him out on his hypocrisy. And I call a lot of people out on their hypocrisy. Which we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And I don't think Mike's a troll. Then there are people who are trolls. And then there are people who just want to ask questions who everyone says is a troll. And I'm going to give you three different examples of really good dialogue but also bad dialogue. And this is how you ask your question. And I find it interesting to me. I, I, I love breaking down people and how they think and how they come to conclusions. And then I also like to give it to them in spades, which is also known if you go to Harvard in the Crimson. I really, truly appreciate having people strike first and then I strike second, but with no mercy in Cobra Kai style. And I sweep the leg no mercy, Johnny is a whiny little wimp, and go Johnny Cobra Kai. That's the way I am. I usually take the first hit, and then I laugh, and then I come back at people. And unfortunately, I don't have a meter which says, hey, stop, slow down. You're being a little harsh. I just basically go from zero miles an hour to 120. And most people are like, wow, that escalated quickly. That's just the way that I play the game. I only have two gears, and it's fast and faster. So now that we understand what we're in for tonight, and I hope you are excited about it because I think it's going to be fun and we'll show a few of the things that I don't do very well, which is I don't have thin skin, but what I don't like is hypocrisy. It bothers me. It drives me crazy. And therefore I react. Also people who make fun of my hockey team, but nobody gets to make fun of the abs last night as they undress the San Jose Sharks and hopefully do it again tomorrow. This seems to be they have a great first game, second game, not so good. We'll find out, but they are starting to hit their stride, which I'm sure everyone is feeling great about. But let's get back to trolls. Since we already are introducing this show and we're, we're already two and a half minutes in. The Trids are a faraway kingdom and they, are, they have usurped power all over the land. Except for one area which is on a hill which is dominated and owned by a troll. And this troll occasionally comes down and tears up the fields and takes a goat or two or a plump virgin waiting for her wedding night. I don't know if she needs to be a virgin but it just adds to the horror of the troll. Follow me along here folks. So this king of the Trids is what they're called, the Trids. They are frustrated beyond reproach. They want this troll gone. They want to dominate the hill. It has lush forests on top of it, and they want the land and the property to put a, a dam and a well and other things that a hill would, would, would provide for a town. A place for sledding in the winter for all the wee lads and lasses. And the king sends up his army to this troll and says, take the troll, kill it and dominate the land. And no, the troll's not named Shrek. That's an ogre, and you people are really crossing lines here and just need to stick with the fantasy medium. I digress. The troll is on the mountain, and he sees the trids coming up, and he kicks all the trids down the hill, and they fall to their death and die. The king is just frustrated beyond reproach and says, this time we've tried a forceful approach. Let's try religion and force, send my army up with a bunch of priests and monks. And they all say, yes, okay. They go up the hill, and the troll sees the monks, the priests, and the 
the warriors and he kicks them all down the hill and they all die and their bones collect in the in the bottom of the hill look at the bones man we're gonna cross every reference here no it's not a killer rabbit it's a troll folks it's not shrek it's not the killer rabbit and there is no holy hand grenade in this story the king gets the news that everyone's been wiped out and he says well maybe it's because we're trids and we need to send in a rabbi and very good thought so he grabs a foreigner and the rabbi says hello what can i do for you and he says i need you to go up on the hill and take the army and go talk to the troll and of course the rabbi is like fish minute then and he goes up the hill and when he gets to the top of the hill, the troll kicks all of the soldiers down and leaves the rabbi alive. And the rabbi is confused. And, oh, I'm not going to do the voice. Don't ask me to. And he simply says, Mr. Troll, why did you leave me alive? And the troll looks at the rabbi and says, silly rabbi, kicks her for trids. So I spent like $10 on an overlay, which pops up down here. You see it. It goes Facebook and then YouTube and then Instagram. And it just breaks. It breaks every day. And honestly, if I don't do my own graphics, this is the type of stuff that happens. So I won't do them anymore. And I'm going to make my own. Folks, who am I? My name is Matthew Spear. I'm with Don't Unfriend Me. And what do we do here? Well, it's a little bit of everything. We talk about current events, political conversation, sports. It doesn't matter. Sometimes I'll talk about my day. Today, we're talking about trolls. Because I'm self-centered and I have, I'm weak-willed and I need all the attention I can get. So we're going to make the show about me today. I hope everyone's okay with that. It is my show after all. Folks, if you could do me a favor, God kills a puppy every time you don't like, share, and subscribe. We're at 4,000 unique followers and that is awesome. Thank you so much. You can go to Instagram, Facebook. You can go to Anchor. I'm on all the podcasts. You can do that. iHeartRadio now. And you can also go to don'tunfriendme.com and follow me there. I would appreciate it. It helps every time you do that. We also have a oh, cool Valor logo up there. My good friend Will cut that out. So where are you going to put it? Right there, Will. That's where it's going to go. It lights up. It looks cool. And now we've got branding. Brian, I expect a copious amounts of money for the royalties that I am making your company right now with that logo. Everyone's going to go buy a brand new roof at this time. Folks, before we get started, let's talk about this. It's day 86 of the hostage crisis. Facebook has taken my ads hostage. And I am not allowed to advertise because they call me a political site. Now, it's a love-hate relationship. I need Facebook, and my 4,000, almost 4,000 followers are on Facebook. And it predominantly is my number one channel because it's what I focus on. YouTube is growing slow. Instagram, same thing. So if you have a chance, stop by there and love those other channels. But I'm sure that Facebook will sever my head at any day now and ban my channel. Why? Because It doesn't have any medium. It doesn't separate the right from the left or the left from the right. It kind of takes a middle approach. And anybody who has any semblance of balance knows that Anakin Skywalker will slaughter all the younglings when that happens. And unfortunately, I feel like a youngling when it comes to the Nazis of Facebook. So day 86 of the crisis, let my people go. Let freedom ring. All that other stuff. Stop banning the truth, Facebook. Come on, Zuckerberg. You're earning your name. Maybe we should call you Herr Zuckerberg. It might be a little more fitting. We're going into the troll thing, and I want to be clear. There was a message that I received, and it's very funny how this worked. The email was at 12.59 a.m., and somebody posted it. And the user's name was Ban Trump. Very clever, very unique, 
and definitely a bot. The account was created at like 1247, 1259 it was posted. And I saw the post and I looked at it at my eye as I was almost asleep and I ignored it. And I said, I'll just get to it in the morning, which is a big, huge area of growth for me. The fact that I walked away and didn't immediately let this keep me up all night shows that I'm growing as a human being or I just don't have time to care and I'm used to the trolls. But I read it and I gave it its due. Interesting. Mike just commented. So we'll get to that, too. And that'll be a little bit later in the show. Mike and I are going back and forth right now. But anyway, ban Trump leaves this message on YouTube. Now, this is unique because I don't get a lot of YouTube love when it comes to messages. So I decide to read it. And this is what it says. This is in reference to my episode, which was so benign. It attacked the Betsy Ross people going after the flag. And when the liberals actually used it for the inauguration of Joe Biden, which I said was completely fine, and the Hutchinson flag, which was or the Hopkinson flag, which was also fine. I didn't say anything about it. I said that it's hypocritical of them to say they can't put it on sneakers or nobody can wear it unless you're a racist and then use it for the inauguration. Well, this gentleman obviously didn't like that and decided to go ahead and talk about something that had nothing to do with what I was talking about. And I'll prove that right now. Ban Trump commented on my video. Now, here's the thing. Once again, it was like 1259 a.m. Then he deleted it. Then he came back seven minutes later and put it back up and then deleted it again, which is interesting because what I'm about to show you is at the seven minute mark in my video. So what he did is he wrote this long diatribe by going to Wikipedia, copying and pasting most of it, reading it and saying, oh, I'm going to catch this guy, leaves the message, then deletes it, says, no, that probably wasn't a good idea, then gets the wild hair to do it again, and then sees the point in my show where I say everything he says, minus some names and dates, which we'll cover tonight, and then deletes it again. Well, little does he know that I get screenshots of all this stuff because that's what I do. And I'm anal retentive and I figure I'll share it with you tonight. So even though all my followers on Facebook of 100 of them don't get to see it, 4,000 people get to see it on Facebook. And I hope Ban Trump feels great about himself. You should visit his page and tell him what you think. Here's what he wrote. The Betsy Ross flag has never been a formal American flag. Well, I never said it was, Ban Trump, but let's keep going. The real first American flag is called the Hopkinson flag, which has 13 stars arranged in five rows. No, that's not true, Ban Trump. You're wrong. I will prove it to you. Our star-spangled banner has 15 stars also arranged in rows, not a circle. Well, that's correct. Our national anthem was written in Baltimore when our army fought against the British invaders from the sea in 1814. That is such a copy from Wikipedia because you put from the sea, which is somebody writing for dramatic effect. You didn't write that. I promise you. Nobody in their right mind who understands the battle would say from the sea because it wasn't just from the sea. The flank was also exposed and they were done by cavalry fire. They were done by cannon fire. They were also at skirmishes with scouts and actually what were considered snipers back then, which they shot from about 100 yards away. But we don't need to go into that because you obviously know more than anyone else on the planet and you need to boost your own confidence and tell me why you're so smart. Even if you are a far right or a Trumpster, I don't know where this came from. Now we're going to personal attacks, even if you are a far right or Trumpster. Anyway, it doesn't mean you need to be poorly educated or dumb. Interesting. We'll talk about that. Um, educate yourself and stop being influenced by some far right dumb traitors. This is a troll. 
And this is what we're talking about. This person is most assuredly a troll. What's interesting is the gentleman has the cojones to say that I'm uneducated, but I use a word like apocryphal in the middle of the video, which he obviously doesn't understand what apocryphal is. And it's a prelude to his statement where he says that I say the Betsy Ross flag was the first American flag when absolutely not, because the definition of apocryphal is of a story or statement of doubtful authenticity, although widely circulated as being true. So that pretty much just goes ahead and counters your entire argument. And if you would have had the time to look up the word apocryphal, which I know you didn't understand because then you attacked me for it, instead of going to Wikipedia and carbon copying something which is about popularity and not actually fact, you would not have this video coming at you at 140 miles an hour. But my friend, you decided to pull the scabbard and let me go ahead and continue to chop your head off delicately with respect. Here's the video, just to make sure we're all clear with what I said. The Betsy Ross. Now, the story of Betsy Ross might just be a little bit of an apocryphal. It's not really a story that is probably true, but it's beautiful nonetheless, and it's interesting. And I don't know if it is true because I wasn't there, but historians pretty much agree that a lot of this could have just been supposition or filler or apocryphal for that matter. Now, the thing about it is I understand where these flags come from. These flags have been added over the generations and the transitions of our flag. And they have been at every inauguration. And they were going to be there today. But I find it interesting that the hypocrisy from the left tells us that we can't fly this flag unless we are to be considered racist. But they can have two Betsy Rosses hanging from our nation's capital and our capital building. And none of them made an outcry of anger. No media station demanded that he be taken down, and Colin Kaepernick was nowhere to be found because he was more than likely doing something more important than being a social justice warrior, like counting his $90 million contract with Nike. So let's be fair. The, the, the gentleman is obviously frustrated and feels that Francis Hopkinson is the one that actually created the flag, which is interesting. I didn't know he knew Francis. Maybe they were friends. His name's Ban Trump. I don't see the relation. But let me explain something. There were three flags there. I know we saw five, but there were two, two, and one. The one in the middle was the 50-star 13 stripes that we absolutely adore old glory today. Then they were bracketed by the Hopkinson flag, which is the flag he's talking about, and the 13-star Betsy Ross. Do you notice how there were two on each side and then one in the middle? Well, one, that's for symmetry and balance, and it's feng shui to do so. But really what it's there for is because people like you and people like me and every other historian argue about who was first. So therefore, both flags are represented, and they have both been at both inaugurations since the dawn of time that we have done this since Mr. Washington. So it's tradition. So what I was simply saying, and I've stated my case several times, is that I just thought the hypocrisy that the left didn't say anything, excuse me, liberals, Democrats, and the left didn't say anything about the 13 star, but have been calling it racist for the last four years. That is the hypocrisy. Not that it has validity, not that Betsy Ross sewed it by her own hands with, with a needle and a thimble. It very well could be that, but the records don't necessarily show that. But the records don't show anything for Hopkinson as well, and let's talk about it and go into it. I've written a few notes. I hope you don't mind. I use sources like books and other articles, but not necessarily Wikipedia, so it's not written out for me. So I have to take some notes, and I hope you appreciate that, ban Trump. Francis Hopkinson, who signed the Declaration of Independence and designed the 1777 flag, who was essentially the Secretary of the Navy at the time, even though the title wasn't there, 
the, it hadn't been created yet. The Secretary of the Navy title hadn't been created yet. That was later, and that's essentially what he was. However, however he was in the Navy and was a Navy admiral. The thing that also is interesting is that you probably didn't know, because this wasn't in Wikipedia, is that he absolutely signed the Declaration of Independence also, which is also pretty important in this man's career. But there were also claims to fame that he did that had absolutely no truth or no bearing to it, which have as much doubt as the Betsy Ross flag. The thing that he actually created was two things. The Hopkinson flag was created, but the Union that was actually created was used by the United States Navy. And that is what is known as the Union Jack, which still flies on every naval vessel today, which is just the blue field and the stars. Now it's 50 stars. But back then with the Navy, they would do the 15, 14, 13, et cetera, et cetera. The field of blue star, the blue field and the stars is that this man claimed that he wanted government payment and a cask of wine and cash for creating several seals, the Treasury seal, along with the first American flag, and that he created continental currency, which are all untrue. Later, he claimed payment for all the creation of these things, but predominantly the great naval flag is what he claimed, not that he was the first person to create the nation's flag. This claim also contradicts the Betsy Ross flag, which we know, and both of them are essentially polar opposites of each other as far as a timeline and the actual authenticity of either flag, and they are both in contention with very little proof on either. So in essence, the story is as much of apocryphal as the Betsy Ross story. But what he, what you fail to declare, ban Trump, is then your statement, which means you're assuming that this is fact in which it is not, hence why there are two flags on the Capitol. Secondly, if you're going to be the purveyor of claims, then why did you leave Rebecca Young and the uh, daughter of Mary Pickersgill, who made the Star Spangled Banner flag off of this list, who also claimed to make the first flag? I noticed how you didn't give her any credit. And her story is as much apocryphal or supposition as either of the other two. The truth, truth is the origins and records of the time that were based on recounting of stories and grandiose tales of yesteryear. Records were burned and only ultimately truths were not kept. It became stories and lore and honestly nobody knows the truth. That's the way this is. It's highly debated and the point is these flags were used throughout history and to argue who was first is essentially arguing over who discovered America. It is based on speculation, perspective, and what you agree with from a cultural disposition. I'm better than you, not a not a boo-boo. Stick your head in doo-doo, Mr. Ban Trump. Once again, this is the problem. You didn't address any of my points in the video. What you did is you decided to go ahead and read the title and then change it up so you could make a grandiose post about how wonderful you are and smarter than the rest of the world. Then call me a far-right person and a Trump Nazi and all of those other things. This is the problem with people. But what's funny is your own insecurities as you, as you deleted it twice and then deleted it a third time because you realized that I was right. But the point is, is that everything on the internet is forever, even ignorant assholes. So, sir, have a great day, and the next time, have some cojones. Stand up for yourself. Come on my show. Have a conversation with me. Sling all the mud you want, but what you don't get to do is make up stories and pretend they're real. Otherwise, you're just as bad as QAnon, and they have openings, I've heard, as people are leaving them in mass exodus. Maybe Antifa would accept you as well. The only other thing I will show is give this man credit for the Hopkinson flag, and this is absolutely true, and this is what it looks like. This is the flag I was looking for in my video when the graphic didn't upload, along with the British Union, which was also in this flag that confused 
as surrender to the British on, on the hill. Well, this is what the Hopkinson flag, flag looks like. Sorry for the Provoidian slip. And this is the Navy Jack, just so you're aware, which flies on every vessel in the Navy today. Another interesting, and this is going to take a little bit of time, but a comment that I got, which really, it kind of, it, it meant a lot to me. I thought it was well stated, but it was on YouTube. And this gentleman simply said to me, um, and I don't have a picture, I don't think. No, I don't. What he basically said was, you talked about this ethics conversation in regards to Joe Biden signing an executive order which held people accountable for the Department of Justice and the FBI, that if there were investigations or something to that effect that had personal attachment from their opinion or were speculative or were in personal attacks against the president, that he would have overreaching power through the attorney general to essentially quash or wash these away. And then I said he had overreaching powers. And this comment was very, very respectful, and I appreciated it a whole hell of a lot. In fact, I'm going to find it for you. MM says, I don't understand how the last executive order you mentioned mentioned accomplishes car blanche. That's the word I used. Is FBI appointed? Is it that they can't get involved in the president's personal affairs, or is it that their own personal affairs? It's not that I don't believe you. I just don't understand people, chess, politics. Break it down for us. This is where people would say that this guy's a troll and say, oh, he's trolling. No, he's not. He's asking a great question, and it's a wonderful question. And in my own inability, I failed to be very, very clear. I was rapid firing a bunch of things from memory, and I didn't go into detail. So I owe it to him and my listeners to do so. So let's go into section one of the ethics pledge. And this might take a little bit of time, but that's okay because it's important enough to do. The ethics pledge states... Every appointee and every executive agency appointed on or after Jan 20, 2021, shall sign and upon signing shall be contractually committed to the following pledge upon becoming an appointee. Now, this just isn't, this is in lieu of, not in lieu of, this is in addition to the Constitution and the oath of office that every government official takes. This is what it says. Let's really dive into this carefully. I recognize that this pledge is part, and this is them saying, like I solemnly swear, I recognize that this pledge is a part of a broader ethics and government plan designed to restore and maintain public trust in government, and I commit myself to conduct consistent with that plan. I commit to decision-making on merits that are exclusively in the public interest without regard to private gain or personal benefit. That is the line, that it must be in public interest and it must be in regard to private gain or personal benefit. Now, the president of the United States can actually claim executive privilege on just about anything because it is either executive privilege, it is executive eyes only, it's not in the best interest to the public. That statement is broad reaching and overreaching and has been there and fought over by Democrats and Republicans. But Bill Clinton did it in his impeachment. Donald Trump did it in his under many investigations with Mueller or Starr. This also happened is they claimed executive privilege. At that point, they can simply say this is executive privilege. We do not need to be a part of this investigation. This isn't in the best interest of the United States. And therefore, this has to be struck, stricken down. Now, it doesn't say that in the oath, but it does say that 
that you're agreeing to it. So let's follow through with the rest of it. I commit to conduct that upholds with independence of law enforcement and precludes improper interference with investigative or prosecutorial decisions of the Department of Justice. I commit to ethical choices of post-government employment that do not raise the appearance that I have used my government service for private gain, including by using confidential information acquired in relationships established for the benefit of future clients. Now, that is key there also, because what happens if there's a leak? What happens if there's information that shows up on Biden's laptop or his son's laptop? That would be inadmissible based upon this, that it was not actually found. It was confidential information and should not have been leaked. So this stops the Whistleblower Act. So this is overreaching. This is the president saying that if there's something that I don't like that's found in confidential in nature, I can go ahead and claim that it is confidential and you sign this document that you would not use it. This pretty much destroys the whistleblower policy, which is also something highly contested contested by Republicans and Democrats. Now, the enforcement, this is where you take that statement and it's clearly laid out. Now, this was also lined in with a lot of fluff about campaign finance and taking bribes and taking payoffs. All good things, but what's amazing is that it can be applied to something else later. And this is basically called wool stuffing. It's when you take, or, or pork barrel, when you go ahead and take something overall good and surround it with small little nuance that could ultimately be bad later when somebody twists and turns and makes it what they want for them. And this is what we were talking about on the show is that this could be him dismissing a case on Hunter Biden or something else that he doesn't like, like if they try to impeach Trump, which they're not going to because the Senate's already already dead in the Senate. But if they were to go back retroactively and go after Obama for running guns or giving pallets of cash to Iran, he could simply say that this was confidential. This is not in the best interest of America. And this is a personal attack against Obama by the Republicans. And then this is quashed. That is the overreaching power I'm referring to. And here's why I know this is true. Section 5 enforcement, a contractual fiduciary, an ethical commitment in the pledge provided for for herein and solely enforceable by the United States pursuant to this section by any legally available means, including debarment proceedings with an effective executive agency or judicial civil proceedings for declaratory, injunctive, or monetary relief. What does that basically mean? It means you're empowering the the DOJ to go after somebody in a civilian manner like Donald Trump or anyone else who is not a government entity and doesn't sign this and can empower the DOJ to go after private citizens. That's essentially what it's saying. So if you happen to retire or leave, that this is a disclosure that says once you sign this, you can be held accountable from a financial means in a civilian legality sense and not a criminal one. B, any former appointee who is determined after notice and hearing by the duly designated authority within an a- any agency, any agency, IRS, DHS, FBI, CIA, can we do the CIA now? Any agency? Because the CIA can't operate on U.S. soil. These are all very interesting words and how it's nuanced very subtly. But once again, interpretation is extremely important. This is an executive order. To have violated his or her pledge may be barred from lobbying any officer or employee of that agency for up to five years in addition to the time period covered by the pledge. The head of every executive agency shall, in consultation with the director of the Office of Government Ethics, establish procedures to implement this subsection, which procedures shall include, but not limited to, providing for fact-finding and investigation of possible violations of this order and for referrals to the attorney general for consideration. 
investigation pursuant to the subsection of this order. C, the attorney general is authorized to, upon receiving information regarding the possible breach of any commitment in a signed pledge, to request an appropriate federal investigative authority to conduct such investigations as may be appropriate. As may be appropriate? That's a whole lot of ambiguity. Number two, upon determining that there is a reasonable basis to believe that a breach of commitment has occurred or will occur or continue, if not enjoined to commence a civil action against the former employee in any United States district court with jurisdiction to consider the matter. This allows the Ninth Circuit Court, this allows liberal courts to go ahead and say, I'll pick it up, even though I'm not involved in that state, even though I have nothing to do with that case, it is simply that I am a liberal court and therefore will take over this and vote against any Republican or conservative initiative or person. This is exactly what they claim Trump did. This allows President Biden to get involved And essentially not from a quid pro quo, but have a rubber stamp on anything that is considered illegal or unethical in his cabinet. D, in any such civil action, the attorney general is authorized to request any and all relief authorized by law, including but not limited to such temporary restraining orders and preliminary and permanent injunctions as may be appropriate to restrain future reoccurring or continuing conduct by the former employee in breach of the commitments in the pledge he has or she has signed. Two, establishment of a constructive trust for the benefit of the United States requiring an accounting and payment to the United States Treasury of all money and other things of value received or payable to the former employee arising out of breach attempted to breach a pledge signed by former employee. So now we can go ahead and create slush funds similar to sexual assault cases that the senators had this back alley backdoor slush fund to protect against litigation and accusations of impropriety on our senators and our state legislatures. It's interesting. The whole point is this, is that words matter. And when you do executive orders, essentially it's saying we don't care about legal legislative bills and law that are voted on by the House and Senate. We are going to assert power and essentially be a dictator. I didn't agree them with them with President Trump. I didn't agree with them with, uh, with President Obama. I don't agree with them now with Joe Biden. I think executive orders are the cheap way to get things done and ultimately are just washed away when the next president comes. And some of them might be great ideas and some of them might be extremely strong, but most of them are simply people who are incapable of getting the support they need for their policies to ram them down the throats of America illegally. And that's what I think about executive orders. And to answer your question, Em, I appreciate you. I thank you for asking me and I hope that clears some things up and also scares the hell out of you as it does me. I get... A lot of questions. I probably receive 10 to 15 messages a day. And some of them are QAnon conspiracies. Some of them are Troy or Michael ribbing me about the avalanche or talking to me about something they might find. Well, these are two questions that I received. And one of them by looking up the profile, and I left the names off, I'm trying to be respectful, was a conservative. I would probably say just standard conservative that we see, Republican, etc. Not right-winger, not ultra-white, right? Had a few memes about Donald Trump on their page, but nothing about hanging Biden or QAnon or anything like that. Then the next person was from Instagram, and they also were very similar. And I saw some that were polar opposites who were extremely right or left, and I left them off because I'm not going to address it. But these seem like pretty much a Democrat liberal and a Republican conservative. And both of them seemed 
concerned about me. And this is not a troll either. These are people who left it off the main page and sent me a private message because they want to know. And the question was simple and very eerily similar. Why do you hate Trump? Why do you hate Biden so much? Well, here's the thing is I don't hate either of them. I don't really hate anyone. In fact, when I get in conflict with people in conversation, especially live, and I had a great listener who sent me a great message and I sent them, I got into it a little bit with them, is that this is why I created this page. It's called Don't Unfriend Me. You notice that there's an elephant and a donkey in the logo. It's not one or the other. And yes, because I have American flags and join or die or don't tread on me, I'm immediately a proud boy or a racist. It is such, such bullshit. Just because I have tattoos and I'm military doesn't mean that we're all the same. It simply means that this is a kind of a collection of my life. I worked at Flags of Valor. We cut flags. I've got some coins from military service. I've got my company here. I've got a helmet a good friend gave me. I've got some remodels of weapons. I've got pictures of my family. I've got some sports paraphernalia. And essentially, this is who me And I have a very important flag hanging up on my wall. This is who I am. I, I don't let these things symbolize who I am. And just because I wear grunt style and I have American flags doesn't mean I'm a proud boy or far right. In fact, it doesn't mean that at all. I'm a blue collar type worker. And although I've worked for Fortune 15s and I've done fairly well in life, I still have a down home Texas attitude. But people assume. And if you would have seen me about five years ago, I was in a suit and tie, freshly shaven, no tattoos and completely different. The point is, is that we make assumptions about people. And when people see my show, they immediately think one thing. My good friend Mike does this, and I've known Mike for 12, 13 years. He believes that I'm an avid Trump supporter, and I am a conspiracy theorist who loves Rudy Giuliani and all these other people. However, he's never heard my show, obviously, because I trample the far right. I trample QAnon. I trample the Proud Boys. But I also trample Antifa and leftists, who I believe are just as bad as far right. But what I try to do is differentiate between liberals and Democrats and conservatives and Republicans. And I do not believe that the majority of Democrats are bad people. I don't think the majority of liberals are bad people. And surprisingly enough, I don't think some socialists are bad people. I despise leftists and I despise Antifa and the Black Panther movement that is inside BLM. I also despise far-right conservative, neo-Nazi conservatives, white nationalists and those type of people as well. But it's interesting that when I speak out against either of those groups, it's because I hate Biden or hate Trump. Listen to me. I've served under two presidents. I have met two presidents. I have met the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of Navy. I have briefed generals and admirals. I have sat in rooms with corporate executives. And I will tell you one thing. Everyone can teach you something. Everyone can help you understand your own inequities and limitations. I don't ostracize any conversation from my ring of influence unless somebody is just absolutely crazy. Unless somebody says to me, Matt, March 4th, Trump's getting back in. I just, I won't talk to you. I refuse. I can't do it anymore. I don't have the time. And as this site grows, I have to be selective in which conversations. But if Ban Trump wants to come on my show and counteract what I just said, I welcome him or her. If M wants to come on and talk a little more about the executive order, I welcome him or her. And if Mike West wants to come on, I welcome him or her. 
I don't hate Donald Trump. I don't hate John Joe Biden, but I don't like some of the things they do, and I will challenge them often. All I ask is that you don't unfriend me. Here's the last thing. Hypocrisy. The show's getting up there. I don't enjoy people who are hypocrites. Now, I think there's two types of hypocrites. There's inadvertent, and then there is intentional hypocrisy. My good friend Mike has been ripping on Donald Trump for four years, making snide comments, and never, ever holding any Democrat accountable on his page, ever. He has never made comments negatively about Hillary Clinton. He has never said anything about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. He doesn't call out the hypocrisy of CNN, but he, he, he calls out the hypocrisy of every Republican, essentially does not like Mitch McConnell or any other Republican who speaks up for Donald Trump, including myself. He's trolled my page. He has come on, don't unfriend me. He has said things, and ultimately, I don't care. I think it's great, and it adds to the conversation. But today, I went ahead and simply challenged him about Joe Biden, and he didn't get upset, but he decided to go ahead and try to be holier than thou. That is hypocritical. I call out both sides. And yes, I'm a Republican, but that doesn't mean I'm a Trump supporter. It means I voted for Donald Trump, and I will stand by his policies as that they were fantastic, and I wish he would have stayed another four years to do it again. I wish he would learn how to close his mouth and have some humility. And maybe that's what I need to do. I need to let people vent and say whatever they want. But when you call me out and you invoke the names of my followers, that they will eat up my far-rightness and my Trumpness, essentially you're being a troll. You don't get to call out Donald Trump for four years because I called out Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Obama, Bush, and everyone else for the last 20 and not just on Facebook. So, Michael, I give as good as I get to both sides. I would appreciate it if you would recognize that. And if you're going to be hypocritical, I'm going to call you out for it, just like I would expect you to do the same thing for me. And this goes for everybody. Now, does this make me holier than thou? Does this make me somehow special and always right? No. I have time to collect my notes, collect my thoughts, and provide a fairly accurate plan of attack to counteract people's comments. I leave it open to you to play on your level playing field. If you want to have a conversation that I'm not prepared for, that I can't get notes on, that I can't be clever and cunning in my writing style, and I have to go off the cuff, I challenge you to come on my show. I do it all the time, but people seem to not want to. Either they're intimidated or scared, or they know that they don't have a leg to stand on, or it's just not their cup of tea. But please, if you're going to challenge me, keep away the personal insults. I can do it with the best of them, but I don't want to. It trivializes the conversation, it dumbifies our points, and it makes us look like ignoramuses. And that is not particular brand of relationship that I want to cultivate, and I certainly don't want to maintain on my show. Leave it off. There are people who are talking about Joe Biden's dementia. Enough. There are people who are talking how he poops in a bag. We can still challenge Joe Biden on his 41 executive orders, and it took him three days to basically screw our country for the next four years. That's fine. But let's leave off the personal attacks, because if Joe Biden does die from dementia or COVID or any other ailments, have a little tact. A dead president is not something that this country needs right now. We've been through enough crap over the last 16 to 20 years with presidents. Let's have a little bit of relaxation for a while before we start wishing for the death or dementia of Joe Biden. Because honestly, no matter what you say, he is your president and he's going to be until Kamala takes over. 
Folks, have a great night. I appreciate you. But before we leave, we're going to leave you with one little thing. The first thing I need you to do, if you wouldn't mind doing it for me, is to subscribe, like, share, whatever you can if you like the show. Remember, if it offended you tonight or you didn't like the show, all I simply ask is that you don't unfriend me. You can find me on all the sites I listed, but most importantly is the Veteran Crisis Hotline. You can visit don'tunfriendme.com, click on the VCL hot link, and get connected to a representative. You don't have to be a veteran to do so. If you are in crisis, if you are struggling, we lose 22 veterans a day. It is way too many, and we lose too many citizens to suicide. Please recognize the signs, provide this number, and they will help you, veteran or not. Folks, that is it for 90. I will see you tomorrow for 91. I appreciate you. Reach out to somebody. Tell them you love them. Try to be friends again. Let's go ahead and take those Biden supporters and Trump supporters that we've defriended, and let's get back to having a conversation. And if you don't like the conversation you're having, don't defriend them. Continue the conversation because there is no growth outside of the comfort zone or in the comfort zone. It's outside of the comfort zone that growth happens. Have a great one, folks. See you tomorrow.